Man, I love The Clash. Was there ever a better band than The Clash? Wait, don't answer. You probably, could, you probably think there's like 100 bands better than The Clash. Better subjective, but I do love that sound. Uh, well, welcome to Sip, Smoke, and Savor. It is Good Life Radio on Radio Brave. When we say Good Life Radio, we just we talk about stuff we enjoy. My name is Cruz. This is Ian Barry. Uh, welcome. Welcome to you. Nice to have you back for show number three. Good to see you this week. Yeah, we haven't been fired yet, so this is good. They haven't thrown us off of Radio Brave. <laughs> That's a good thing. So, uh, Bobby Duncan is the producer. What up, Bobby? He's waving. He's waving. We tried to offer him some uh, uh, some craft beer a moment ago, but apparently there's other shows that will happen after hours for yeah, which he has to He has to, to do work. Lucid, I hope so. you can hear the air quotes there, work. <laughs> Actually, I could kind of hear the air quotes in that. I try, I try to get that inflected in my voice when I say those things. Well, this show is about, uh, it's Sip, Smoke, and Savor. It's about craft beer, craft spirits, and fine cigars. Uh, three things of which Ian and I are in complete agreement that we are huge fans of. We don't always agree on what we like the best, but, uh, but we definitely... Uh, we have quite a bit in common, I think, as far as tastes go. Yeah, cigars good, beer good, spirits good. Yeah, this, I think that's uh, this that is the much... basic premise of the show. Yeah, so yeah. I <laughs> so, mean, even the bad ones, they're okay too. Well, you know, it's it's really true that way with cigars. I mean, there is such a thing as a good, like, not great cigar. I don't want to see a bad cigar because, like, if something is just like awful and acrid, that would that would not be good. But I've had plenty of cigars that you would not define as great that I've thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, well, the, the act of enjoying a cigar is its own is its own reward, actually, I think. And uh, usually you start this segment off by saying, did you smoke anything interesting? I'm going to well, do that to yes. you in just a minute. Oh, okay. But I'm going to go ahead and talk about my experience this week, because I'm getting over having a little bit of cold. I was congested, so I didn't even have a chance to smoke a cigar over the last mm, six days or so. But oh, yesterday, wow. so- I pulled out one of my favorite, and I'm going to put up those air quotes again, lawnmower cigars, mm. uh, is a Nica Libre. Oh, I like Nico Libre. Yeah, it's yeah. like a little candy bar almost. It's just mm-hmm. like such a great cigar. It's cost effective. And I would say if you put it at, at, at quality versus price, I would put it way up on the list because the, the price is so low and the quality is so high. And they're just a great smoking cigar. You can get them in all kinds of different sizes. I haven't found a bad size yet, even. Yeah, I don't think I've had one of those I haven't enjoyed. Right. And they're several of the sizes. Like they're right up in the. Uh, in the medium, lower end of medium, as far as the, the uh, intensity goes, Flavor, but they have a yeah. great like chocolatey kind of aftertaste mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. them. It's not even mocha; it's more chocolate than mocha, even you know. I find that that makes sense. That's a flavor in cigars that I really enjoy. Is kind of the flavor profile that those have. I kind of find myself looking for other things that I think will be kind of in that same vein. That's something I sort of actively am a fan of, I think. Right. And yesterday, I actually, to go with that cigar, I actually, and I brought one today to try in a little bit, but I brought, I bought the, uh, Founders Dirty Bastard Scotch Ale because uh, that goes so well with the chocolatey uh, flavors. Nice, nice, nice. Well, I, I brought some beer for us to sample as well, so we'll uh, we'll look at that. We've got a lot of great stuff going on on the show today, but uh, but the Nica Libre. Before we get too far away from this, how would you uh, price wise, like what are those? 
what are those generally rent? Is that a five dollar no, cigar? No, no, it's a, a three dollar cigar. cigar. When you yeah. find them on sale, it's a three dollar mm-hmm. cigar or less sometimes, depending on the size. And I don't even mind paying up to four dollars a cigar for those if you get the you know decent size, right? Um, because it's just a great cigar, and the quality level on them is so good. I rarely do I have one that's plugged or hard, you know, hard to draw or uh, falling apart or anything like that. I mean, and a just, lot of these are box pressed. All, yeah. Almost all of them, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, I've had those as well. Uh, I will admit they were ones that I got like. You know, a five pack of as a bonus when I ordered something else online. Yeah. I was like, these are really good. Yeah, so, oh, that's uh, that's how I got introduced to them. I think uh, uh, I, I did the same thing, and it was you know you spend over this much, you get a free uh, five pack of them, and and uh, and I tried them and was really blown away by how good the quality was. Which so goes the, to show you, cigar manufacturers, that these kind of special deals, like buy one get one type things, or buy X amount and, and get a five pack. Those things really work. Yeah, those promos yeah. they were they work on me. How about you? Did you smoke anything interesting today I or did. this week? I I I picked this one. I smoked, smoked several different things this week, but I picked this one to to uh, mention because it's very unusual for me. It's not a cigar that I buy very often, not a brand that I buy very often. And it was the Cohiba Nicaraguan uh, Robusto. Now, Cohiba is arguably the most famous name in cigars, right. but everybody thinks of the Cuban Cohiba. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Dominican and Honduran and Nicaraguan uh, Cohibas really almost kind of get a bad rap. Like like people look at them and go, yeah, but it's kind of expensive and, and it's not the Cuban, so I'll do something else. You, you know? know, I'll agree with the, with the price point on them makes me a little leery at them, but at the same time, everyone I've ever smoked, I've really enjoyed. So I think I've kind of gotten over that well yeah and that was what i was going to say about this one it was really a thoroughly enjoyable cigar and it made me think i don't know why i don't go for these more often like it was it was good enough i mean it was i'd read some reviews about this particular cigar having burn problems but this one burned absolutely perfectly the whole way down to you know the finger burner nub oh, fantastic. and uh I, I i found it to be you know medium to full it was kind of toasty which i really like uh some cocoa notes and earth it burned slow but had plenty of smoke usually yeah, you get nice. one or the other you know um i really enjoyed it i would recommend it highly and you know they are a little pricey but I think they're also, as you kind of mentioned, consistent. So if something's as consistent as that, you don't feel quite so bad about laying down another extra couple of bucks for that. Well, you know what I mean? You know what you're getting. You know what There's you're no getting. Question exactly. About it. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, so I really enjoyed it. I, I thought that I thought it was a great stick, and it was just the robusto. So it didn't, you know, wasn't. Uh, I kind of found myself wishing I'd bought a larger one so I could have enjoyed it longer. Right. So. And you mentioned earlier about like you know burning it down to your fingers just about. I find, you know, a lot of people, I guess it's accepted that you smoke half or a little over half, you know, mm-hmm. two-thirds of a cigar before you put it out. But I've also found if I'm really enjoying it, I don't stop until it's burning my fingers, you know, or until the flavor gets bitter. Some of them do develop that towards the, you know, tail mm-hmm. end of the cigar. However, uh, if it's not getting bitter, I've, I've done that where I've been sad that I can't hold it anymore. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm the same way. If it's not getting bigger, I will smoke it until I can't hold it anymore. Right. Like I'm, I'm, and I've even thought about roach clips a time or two because, <laughs> because it's just so, uh, you know, it's, I, I really enjoy, again, some cigars will get a little bitter in the last third, but I've had others that the last third is way better it's than rich, the first right, or the it's second. It's, like, it's just, you know, kind of explosive with, with flavor. So... Um, yeah, I totally, uh, I totally think that that 
if it's good enough, it's worth getting your fingers a little warm. I agree. You know what I, I mean? Um, so it's been a little breezy. I do most of my smoking outdoors. It's been a little breezy this week, so it's been um, – I've, I've almost been afraid to try – the more expensive cigars uh, because you sometimes can't enjoy them as much when it's breezy and the breeze will make them burn yeah, a little burn, faster. And, they'll burn and, real bad on yeah. one side and then you're trying to flip <coughs> it right. around to even it out and the wind never cooperates with that either. Right. So, uh, but, I, but I will say um, I, I was, able to, was able to enjoy that one and felt like I got my money's worth out of it and then enjoyed a handful of other you know, good lawnmower type things uh, like, <laughs> yeah, right. like you mentioned because it was, it was the right kind of weather for that. That's when I go for the, you know, the JR alternatives and things like that, you know, that are like, yeah, okay, it's $2. How bad could it be? You know? Right, yeah, right. It's, it's that type of you thing. You gave so. me one of those JR alternatives one time. I think it was a Limitada or Now that, that's called. actually one of my favorites. That was that's a pretty a, good cigar. It I really, did enjoy yeah, that. I, I really like the flavor profile. That is kind of my go-to every day. Is that is that cigar right. because it's uh, uh, but it's it's kind of a step above if you buy from JR Cigars online, uh, it's kind of a step above. They have the JR alternatives and then they have the Limitada edition, which is what that Love one that. is. So it's oh, kind gotcha. of like, and they're I don't know they're fifty sixty cents a stick more. So it's not like it's way in another category price wise but uh, but yeah it's a little more and and uh, but i i find those in particular and i've tried all kinds of different ones of those just trying to hit pay dirt somewhere and right. that one was kind of the one that i that i wound up sticking with i think, I think it's uh, i think it's very good well you were listening to smoke sip and si- i'm sorry sip smoke and savor and we haven't even started on the beer yet uh but we are glad to have you uh back for show number three ian barry is here my name is cruz we'll be back Back in a moment, lots to talk about today. Uh, some beers to sample. There's new FDA warning labels coming for cigars. I want to talk about that because it's like the stupidest thing ever. So that's coming up. It's uh, Sip, Smoke, and Savor on Radio Brave. Listening to Sip, Smoke, and Savor on Radio Brave, and I wish we were on a beach in Hawaii enjoying a, a fine beverage. But uh, I'll take I'll take hanging out here in the studio that's, with you. That's when we got to find out what cigars go with my ties. Yes, I that would be a very interesting pairing, my tie and cigar pairing. We should, we should probably yeah. do that as a program on location. I think you have a great idea going there, sir. I like uh, <laughs> I'm digging from what you're wrapping. Um, we have uh, we're a couple of steps closer to, although we have not yet launched. Uh, the website uh, for Sip, Smoke, and Savor. We're a couple of steps closer and closer to having a Facebook page and Instagram. And the reason that I mention this is because it is our plan, and we'll go back and do this all the way back to show number one, uh, to put up information and links to any of the cigars, the beers, the spirits that we talk about so that if you want to be able to go and find other information about them or maybe where you can find them or buy them, uh, you'll be able to do that. So uh, it's always hard to remember what it was you were listening to if you're in the car or, you know, uh, doing something, mowing the lawn, jogging, whatever. Speaking of which, we'll have to go back and listen to previous uh, 
previous editions of this and figure out what we talked about so well, we can put it on. we will, and that'll be another one of the things that I was going to mention is that uh, the previous shows are going to be available uh, for listening on demand. So that's uh, that's something we're working on as well. So, uh, so all of that. In the meantime, though, you can email us, and we would love to hear from you. It's sip, smoke, and savor, all one word, sip, smoke, and savor at gmail.com and you can reach uh, out to either of us or both of us or uh, suggest things or uh, you know uh, just lambaste us whatever you want to do we're we're <laughs> up to we just want to see something in the inbox so that's that's what we're that's what we're up for so I brought in uh, in what I really believe I can honestly tell you is and and this will change several times over the summer but I brought in what I can honestly tell you at this moment in time I believe maybe my favorite beer in the world. Ah. So, uh, so I wanted you to try this. This is uh, it's from a brewery in Magnolia, Texas, called the Lone Pint Brewery. I don't know if you've heard of these guys. I actually have heard of them, but I haven't tried any of their brews as of yet. So this is an exciting one. Today. Well, I brought in the Yellow Rose. It comes in the big, uh, you know, wine bottle size. The bomber, uh, uh, bomber, and it is an American IPA. It's about six point eight percent alcohol by volume so it's got a little kick to it um but i first tried this at table the restaurant in uptown uh uh houston on, on post oak and uh i was like what is this and then they you know I, I would order it every time i went in there and then uh at some point they changed it out for a different kind of go oh but we have this i'm like no you don't understand so i had to go and and, and <laughs> track this down uh but they do have it at specs and at some other uh locations and it's uh i, I just i really like the finish is what really sold me on this particular uh, beer, but but you try it. I, w- I want to know. I want to know what you think of it because you and I have slightly different taste profile uh, thoughts uh, when it comes uh, to beer. And I'm more of an IPA guy than you are, I think. Definitely. But uh, but I also really like the session IPAs and this kind of citrusy finish, which I feel like this has a little bit of. This has a lot of citrusy finish on it. Uh, just from my initial taste, you can smell it almost from it sitting on the table. The hops in it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a very uh, almost piney smelling kind of hops, which is, well, it's funny Mm because it's Lone Pint. Mm -hmm. Um, And I notice right off the bat, it hits you like really bright, hoppy uh, flavor right up front on it. And that hoppy flavor goes away almost immediately and leaves you with a citrus finish and a dryness that that I really kind of, I like the dryness on the end, on the finish on Mm -hmm. these. Yeah. Um, And uh, I mean, it's very drinkable. I think so. Yeah, I can see how you uh, enjoy this beer. I, I like other styles. I also brought one of my right now favorite beers that we'll review in a little bit. Okay, too, or we'll talk about it a little later, and you'll see the differences in our styles. Yeah, no, that's no, that's <laughs> but good. But this is and, a great beer, and I do like a lot of different things. But when it comes to like, I'm you know I have a tendency to love the you know the impact and the hoppiness of like you know the IPAs or or uh, the maltiness of you know some stronger uh, more robust kind of beers. But often find that they're not as drinkable as I would like, uh, and then some of the more drinkable things I find them wishing they had just a little bit more in the flavor category. So this is sort of where those lines right. intersect for me. You know what I mean? Right. And I found some that are like that that have both of those qualities can be dangerously drinkable, especially yes. when they're high <laughs> ABV. Yeah, yeah. Uh. This is what it uh, says about this particular beer on uh, the brewery's uh, website. It says that it's a smash. 
single malt and single hop IPA uh, using a caboodle, which it then says in parentheses is a technical term for large amount of malt, uh, and a new hop that was released in 2012 called Mosaic. Uh, in It says here that Mosaic is a daughter of Simcoe, which is one of the brewmaster at uh, Lone Pint's favorite hops. So they use whole cone mosaic. It's used for bittering, flavoring, and aroma in the kettle, and then it's massively dry hopped, and that the beer is named after a Texas heroine. Not like the drug, but like female hero. Like a hero. Yeah. Uh, so, But I don't know who that is. Obviously, um, Yellow Rose. And if you look at the bottle, uh, there's some very, uh, in fact, I almost as a comic book guy, like that art actually it's, looks familiar. It's to me. very pretty art. Yeah, too. yeah, it's really. But very it's a well very done. pretty girl on the front with a uh, a headband and a little yellow flower tucked behind her ear, and it's a Lone Pine Lone Pine Brewery Yellow Rose. Um, it's uh, I really like the whole concept of these kind of breweries. They are Lone Pine is a very small brewery. It's not. Nearly as big as, say, a Carbach or a St. Arnold. They're much smaller, much more micro. Um, but I love the beer they're putting out. Well, this is I a very really drinkable do. beer. Thank you for really bringing do. this. So, today. yeah. So, I dig this. So, uh, you know, when it's, I'm just saying, when it's birthday time, you know, gift giving season, Ian, this is always a good go to. I am. I'm picking up what you're me. laying down. Okay. Uh, I'm, getting, I'm getting what you're <laughs> Okay, good. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, if you guys have got a beer uh, or a spirit uh, or cigar that you would like for us to try, please email us. And and we, you know, we don't have anything special about our palates or anything like that. We just kind of know what we like. And you can and, you, you can know. email suggestions or you could just mail us the actual beer or cigar well, if you'd like. That, that would is be awesome. True. And you know, we want to extend that. The, that actually might be illegal. We want to extend the invitation too for. Uh, you know, uh, if you're involved with a uh, brewery or a distillery, uh, and you got, would like to come on the show, we'd be happy to let you talk about your product. We just do expect samples. That's the only real, you know, quid pro quo involved. So, and we'll tell you what we really think. You know, samples are a blast. Uh, we had we had Mark from. Uh uh, Goliad last week. Yes, and he brought was, some wonderful samples, and that, that wound up being a great show because he is so passionate He's about his passionate beer, about you know. And so it, it was just great to like hear that and and sort of see it in his face when he was talking. Known about the as beer. the beer poet, and I managed to snag one of those um, uh, those unfiltered that Hefeweizen and had the banana flavor the, to it. The the black half of ice yes so i took that home i said to my wife i'm like you got to taste this it tastes like a frozen banana like it's it's amazing that and for me i'm not a i'm not an unfiltered beer guy that was one of the better unfiltered beers that i have ever ever had you know it's funny you say that because i don't know that i've ever thought about filtered versus unfiltered but now that i do think about it i I drink quite a few beers that are unfiltered Mm -hmm. that blood and honey that i brought in Mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. was was an unfiltered and that was very good, but uh, I couldn't drink a lot of those. Oh, see, I can drink a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> I have actually yeah, drank a well, lot of those. Uh, I, but I love the flavor. I love the flavor yeah. profile. I find sometimes, and this is just me, I've, I've not really run into other people like this, but I find that sometimes the unfiltered beers will really give me a headache. And I don't mean a hangover, huh. but I mean like like later that day or later that evening, you know, a few hours later, I'll get like a, a kind of a dull headache. Uh, and I... You know, it took me a few times of trying to figure out what those things had in common. I was like, yeah, I had unfiltered beer, I wonder. So it could be something I'm allergic to. I have no idea. But uh, uh, so as a result, I don't drink as much or as many of the unfiltered. But man, that 
that was great that's interesting i've never that had i've never had that reaction before to it um my headaches generally the next morning if, yeah well, if anything we've all if had I have those. too many of those <laughs> we have all had those um so uh, let's see what else are we going to talk about okay so we need to figure out i don't know how much time we're going to have on the show but we both brought a spirit today yes. and I, if we only have time to sample one we have to figure out which one we're going to sample i brought a tequila and you brought... A single malt whiskey. Oh, man. Choices. Choices. People are listening right now going, shut up. Like, like just stop. <laughs> Wait, this is my job. This is not bad. <laughs> this is not a bad thing at all. So we'll figure out which of those we're going to taste. And uh, we want to taste the scotch ale that you uh, brought. And there's a lot going on in the news, including uh, there is a new law that's going to be going into effect that is going to change the FDA warning labels on cigars and on boxes of cigars and on, yes, individual cigars are now going to be required to have a warning label. It's a good thing we put cellophane over them. Well, I, I don't know if they're required if they don't have cellophane, but if they, apparently, and I'll, we'll get to this in a few minutes, but uh, apparently if they have cellophane, that is considered a wrapper like a, a packaging wrapper, and so it will have to have uh, this new label. Right. And the label's going to cover one-third of the surface of the packaging. Well, there goes the pretty cigar boxes. Yeah, no kidding. And it, and it has to not be easily removable, too. So it's going to be the type of thing you won't be able to just peel it off and keep the pretty cigar box afterwards. So uh, some more government meddling in your uh, day-to-day lives. We'll have the complete uh, story for that coming up uh, momentarily. Uh, and also uh, reviews and flights to Cuba. Flights to Cuba, I saw that. Are about to begin. So we'll, uh, we'll give you some of the details on that. And uh, what else is going to be on the show? Oh, you have found an app. That you recommended to me. I did. Uh, I sent you a link that, to that. That I want you to talk about later because it's awesome. I got on and started playing with it. I'm like, man, I could spend hours on this thing. Oh, yeah, this absolutely. So, so cool. So that's all coming up. We're doing Sip, Smoke, and Savor on Radio Brave, and we are uh, so thrilled to have you listening. Email address is Sip, Smoke, and Savor, all one word, A-N-D for and, uh, Sip, Smoke, and Savor at gmail.com. Uh, my name is Cruz, he's Ian Barry, and we'll be right back to taste something. It's all right. There comes a listening to Sip, Smoke, and Savor on Radio Brave. This is the Good Life Show. It's all about uh, uh, craft beer, craft spirits, and the ability to speak clearly after you've had a little bit of each. Craft beer, craft spirits, and uh, fine cigars. Uh, My name is Cruz. Uh, My friend Ian Barry is here. Ian, uh, we, we didn't really do this at the top of the show, but for those who are new to the show and new to us, as most people are since it's only the third episode, uh, give me just like quick encapsulation on you, who you are and what you do. And, and I realize you've done this before, but uh, 
Oh, but, I have no problems talking about myself. Okay, go for I, it. I can, I can talk about myself <laughs> at great length and in great Good. detail. Uh, just know that when I start telling stories, they don't always go anywhere. That's what my friends start figuring out you know what? pretty quickly. That's quite all so. right. As long as, <laughs> as long as the libations are good, the stories can just meander all they want. So, uh, yeah, I come from uh, Houston, uh, Texas area. Grew up uh, out in the country outside of Houston, actually. And mm-hmm. then uh, moved into Houston. I've been a musician, working musician uh, ever since. And um, right now I maintain, I, I play for a living. I also repair guitars and build guitars. And, mm-hmm. and apparently I do radio programs, I hear. It's, as a matter of fact, you do. <laughs> uh, your band is um, coming out of the studio, right? Are you Yeah, we, we, got, uh, we got drums and bass down. We're, uh, we got to uh, schedule back in to get the guitars and vocals down. We mm-hmm. haven't done that yet. We'll probably do that in a few weeks. And, um, and the band's called the Blackout Vipers, and it's what I like to call Big Dumb Rock. I love that. Big Dumb Rock. We are not out to change your opinions. We're just out to rock. (laughs) And for those who are about to rock, we salute you. And I just want to point out our our singer, our vocalist, does Mm -hmm. most of the lyric writing, and some of the stuff he writes even shocks me. Well, I met him uh, because when your wife had... uh, um, your birthday get to, her birthday get yes, together. Yes. Uh, you guys invited my wife and I out. We went out and had a good time. Tell me again the name of that place. That was, was Calabash. Awesome. Calabash, that was a rum that's bar. Right. Yeah, downtown Houston. It was a rum bar. We had uh, some amazing rums, and we sat out on the balcony. Uh, yeah, they uh, have area, those, those nice uh, rum flights. Yeah. So and they, they have the good. they have the standard level rum flights, and then they have the premium level rum flights, which is mm-hmm. really nice because then you're not committed to. Spending a ton of money on on some of the really high but end rums are pretty expensive. Sample stuff, yeah. but you get to sample stuff that you know. Uh, so that's nice. Well, I met your singer, got to hang uh, with him and, and talk, and so none of what you were saying surprises me. No, <laughs> <laughs> he's got an, he's interesting, an interesting personality, yeah. right? Uh, interesting dude, but I really liked him. So uh, we mentioned this in the last segment, but the FDA. Uh, has new warning labels and the regulations requiring these being the labels that are going to be on cigar boxes and even individual cigars are about to go into place. Well, across the next two years, uh, this will happen. So it may not be immediate, but according to this report, uh, two years is the period when cigar manufacturers and distributors, as mandated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration in its recently published final rule, have to begin adhering to this new set of very strict packaging laws. They include larger health warning labels on boxes and even on cellophane wrappers, so for individual cigars, more stringent placement of these warnings, plus the submission of a warning plan by manufacturers to the FDA to ensure random distribution of these new warnings. Now, many cigar producers foresee that this is going to raise costs of production, which you can imagine, that it will hinder creativity, which of oh, course it will. Well, you said it was going to yeah. take a third of the well, packaging? Yeah, it's 30%, so almost <laughs> a third yeah. of the packaging. Uh, currently, nearly every cigar package on the market displays one of these uh, four warnings that were settled upon in 2000, but you've seen them, those, right, those right. stickers, and they have to be a certain size and so on. So in two years, the packaging will just be a death's head mm-hmm. and then a small, tiny corner, it'll tell you what cigar it is. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, The rules will call for the warnings to be displayed in a conspicuous and prominent place on the two principal display panels of the package. 
So that means basically top and side, I guess. Uh, They define principal display panels as the panels of a package that are most likely to be displayed. So there you go. Uh, Shown or examined by the customer. It has to comprise at least 30% of each of these principal display panels, and it has to be in at least 12-point font. Wow. Yeah, yeah. has to be printed in conspicuous, legible, Helvetica bold or Arial bold type. I don't know if you're a font guy, but if you are, you'll know what those fonts look right. like. They're pretty big and bold. Uh, or other similar sans serif fonts in black text on a white background or white text on a black background in a manner that contrasts by topography, layout, or color with all the other printed material on the page. So in other words, it's got to stand out. You can't. They can't make it blend into... The artwork or anything like that, it's got to stand out. Has to be capitalized and punctuated. Has to be permanently affixed. So it can't be something that's removable. It's not a sticker you put on the box. That's right. And has to be centered in the warning area where the text is required to be printed so that it's um, it's got the same orientation. So it's it's really uh, – and this, this one other thing, it says for cigars that are sold in cellophane wrappers, these wrappers are considered packaging, and under this final rule, must include the required cigar warnings. That's going to so, drive up the cost of an yes, individual uh, cigar. A- absolutely pretty, it is. Or you may see more cigars go on cellophane. Yeah, uh, just to to be able to escape the additional cost. Of right, and the cellophane so. there, I think, is generally just to uh, help protect the cigar from you know overhandling mm-hmm. things like that. Right, mostly. right. Anyway. It isn't so much about actual freshness, right, as it is about just yeah, it's easier to keep it from getting nicked or whatever. Right, and it, it, it does it slow down moisture transfer to some degree, but mm-hmm. it's not it's not a huge part of yeah, the cellophane. Not a, not a big deal. So when you're smoking a cigar that's been in the humidor for a while, and you take the cellophane wrapper off. And it's got a little bit of a yellowish tint to it because it's been in there for a while. What does that make you think? Do you, do you think, oh, it's wonderfully aged, or do you think, oh, the cigar's kind of old? No, I think I would think wonderfully aged, but I don't ever take a cigar out of human or that still has a cellophane wrapper. So on you it. take the cellophane off before you put your cigars in. You, oh, so this immediately. Is very interesting, Ian, because I don't necessarily do that. I want my cigars to uh, to age in my humidors. Right. Uh, in in the taste and the flavor of my humidor, it imparts mm-hmm. and moves. You know, it moves the moisture around, and and I want that to enter my cigars. You know, I so take great care with my humidor, so I want the yeah. flavor of my humidor to impart. So too. you don't leave any of the cellophane no. on in your humidor. No, fascinating. Okay, this is like, uh, and maybe I'm just a moron, but like I've. I didn't know that that's necessarily something that you do. Well, you don't have to, but understand that the cellophane does slow down the moisture, the moisture uh, transfer, transfer yeah. process. Sure, sure. So if you if you get cigars, especially if you mail order cigars, things like that, you always want to let them rest a little bit before you mm-hmm. uh, before you smoke them because they they go through a bunch of shock. Sure, sure. You know, in the in the transporting process. So, so the first thing I always do is all the cellophanes go away and they get put in a specific drawer in my humidor. And I don't touch them for a couple of weeks. Interesting. You know? So Interesting. very rarely, sometimes I get a little excited. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to smoke that right that away. Anyway, requires but, a patience yeah. that I'm not sure that you I have, have to have. You have to, to have enough cigars to get around that. Right. That's the- <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I know the I know the feeling too when you haven't had time to go to the cigar store. And by the way, I I, I mail order a lot of cigars, but I 
I will say this: I really believe in smoke uh, in supporting your local tobacconist yeah, wherever yeah. you are, and I'm a I'm a big fan of that. And so I always do, even if I'm you know mail ordering a bunch of stuff, I will still go buy cigars at the local well, cigar shops because I believe in that. There is nothing like <laughs> opening the door of a humidor in a cigar shop and walking mm-hmm. in the smell. Oh, is so, so wonderful, beautiful. Yeah, I love that. But I do I do find it always interesting that moment when you haven't had time to go to the cigar store. Your humidor's getting really low, that's, and that, then that, that might package be almost arrives. where I am now. That package arrives. Oh, <laughs> it's sweet. Well, don't like don't get in a bind. Let me know. I can always, <laughs> I can always uh, get something to you. You know, we're uh, we're 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 good like that. You and me, we'll take care of each other. So, um, so I, I think I think let's go with. We were talking about which spirit we were going to taste the the tequila or the whiskey. I think let's try your single malt. I want to hear about this because okay. it, it's sitting there looking at me, basically. Yeah, so. yeah, it's it's taunting us both. Yeah, uh, and, yeah, and so. whiskey does that to me. It's uh, it's <laughs> it's good like that. This is Yamazaki single malt whiskey. So it's a Japanese whiskey. Is that unusual? Well, not since the eighties, actually. Okay, <laughs> they started making uh, the single malt whiskey, and if I have my facts right. Um, they started making that in about 84. The flavor profile has changed a little bit since then. Mm-hmm. Yamazaki is one of the oldest uh, distilleries in, uh, in Japan. Japan. However, um, an interesting note, this is a 12-year-old single malt whiskey. It's made in every bit of the scotch tradition. You can't obviously call it a scotch because it's not made where scotch is made. However, right. uh, it is made in the scotch tradition. It's aged in uh, uh, American whiskey barrels or American uh, bourbon barrels. Uh, you know, to gain the flavor, and it's a 12-year-old. And this is the same distillery. This is made uh, by Suntory uh, Distillery. It's the same distillery that makes, oddly enough, Midori. Interesting. Midori, the- <laughs> you, <laughs> you would never think. Wow, no. And, and so- it, just so you know, this this whiskey is not bright green. Right. It, no, it, it looks, <laughs> in fact, I have to say it's a really appealing bottle. I mean, I'm one of those uh, people that, like, when I see, like, the, you know, Japanese- uh, characters, you know, I immediately think of tattoo and a girl I used to date, but that's that's not for now. Uh, but it's you know, it's actually a very appealing bottle. It's got that. It just has a Scotch look about it. It's a very bottle. classy yeah. bottle. They did yeah. they did a very good job. Uh, they don't try to hide the fact that it's not Scotch, right? But they do, uh, uh, I think, push the fact that this is not just your standard whiskey. You know, it's yeah. a single malt. It's made in every every way possible that they can make it like a scotch. They did, except for the fact that it's made in Japan. So this is aged 12 years, you said, mm-hmm. and it is produced in Japan. It says right here on the bottle product of Japan. So when we come back from break, we're going to uh, we're gonna try this. And I have a couple of questions about it because I've actually never had a Japanese whiskey before. So I'm, I'm really anxious and excited about trying this. So, Fantastic. I look uh, forward to it. All right. You are listening to Sip, Smoke, and Savor. Uh, we've done uh, a little beer sipping. Now we're going to uh, sip some Japanese single malt whiskey. Uh, coming up here on the program, we'll tell you what we think. Sip, Smoke, and Savor on Radio Brave.
listening to Sip, Smoke, and Savor on Radio Brave. The program is about uh, craft beer, craft spirits, and fine cigars. And we're getting right to the craft spirits here, uh, Ian, because you have uh, you have poured us each a glass now of what we were discussing. This is the Yamazaki Single Malt Whiskey, aged for 12 years, distilled in Japan. Uh, how did you find out about this? Actually, I've tried this before. I've been lucky enough to uh, go into the local store Specs downtown, and mm-hmm. and uh, their reps have been there, and I've had samples of all their whiskeys, which is really nice. If you go into Specs on a Friday afternoon, yeah. dude, make sure you eat something before you go. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. It's like heaven in there. It's yeah. awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yes, uh, I, I agree. So I've had some amazing things. That was my yes. that was my first introduction to it, and that was a couple years ago. And then about oh, about a year ago, I also teach guitar lessons. One of my students came in; he's an adult, and one of my students came in and he goes, "I got you something," and I think it was for Christmas this last year. And he hands me this bottle of the Yamazaki, which is a very generous present, uh, as it's a very nice bottle of whiskey. And uh, and that is when I got to sample. A substantial amount. This was not a fresh bottle when I brought it in. It was actually, you know, <laughs> a little more than halfway down. So I'm experienced before, yeah. at the Yamazaki, although I don't think you've tried this. No, one I have not. This will be a first taste for me. So. Right. So if you go ahead and take a taste, I'll tell you what right. I taste when right. I give this a smell and a taste. Uh, the first thing that hits my nose is uh, a substantial amount of banana. Mm-hmm. I can, I can, I can smell that. Yes. Oddly enough, a little bit of melon. And a little bit of cinnamon. Those are the first things that really get me. Is that from a smell standpoint or a taste? That's the nose. That's what okay. I. That's what I smell when I. Mm-hmm. Now we've opened this up with just a tiny splash of water too. Okay. So this has been, uh, this has been opened up a little bit, and then I notice like when I take a sip of it, the first thing I get is those fruit notes right up front. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit. It's a strong. You know, it's forty three percent alcohol, so it's a strong whiskey, but. At the same time, um, it's got such a nice fruity flavor that it doesn't it doesn't uh, linger too far there. And when you uh, when you swallow the finish, to me is very much uh, oak. Yeah, uh, very much oak, and I get a little bit of uh, like a burnt caramel almost mm-hmm, on the finish. Mm-hmm. It's can, really nice and smooth. It's really interesting to me because you know a lot more about scotch than I do, and about uh, whiskey in general. But it's really interesting hearing you describe these flavors. While I'm tasting and kind of being able to go, yeah, check, yeah, I mm-hmm. see what you're talking about. So that's really interesting. And often when I read reviews in a magazine or whatever, and this is true for cigars too, um, like you read the reviews and it'll go, yeah, notes of this and this and this, and you'll go like, oh, yeah, whatever, you're just making that up. Like, you know what I mean? But when you're actually reading it and sampling, uh, you can kind of pick that out. It, we were, it was the same with the beers from Goliad on last week's right, show. It's right. like when he was going, yeah, there's banana, yeah, there's, and you're like, yes, yes, I taste mm-hmm. it, totally get it. So uh, so this is like you were saying on the nose, banana, melon, and uh, and what'd you say, caramel? Uh, a little bit of cinnamon, actually. Cinnamon was what you said, okay, so so yeah, I can get that, I really yeah, can. and it's just a faint hint of it. Also, I can smell, like, now that I'm going back to it, because I didn't try it before you tried it, I'm smelling it again. There's also maybe a little bit of apple in there, um, 
a little bit wow. of apple Christmas that I smell. And again, it's always subjective. Uh, you know what you're what you're going to get because everyone's mm-hmm. sense is a little everyone's sense of taste. Sure, right. And mine That's actually nice. is a little off right now because I've been a little congested over mm-hmm. the last week. I'm getting over that, and so I may be smelling just the heavier flavors and not getting some of the more nuanced flavors as well. Wow. So uh, you mentioned uh, that you had been when you had gone on vacation that you had wound up at some like. Uh, you know, Nirvana of uh, whiskey uh, location up in Minnesota. That uh, was that, you, that was what you sent. That me was a, a in Duluth. Of. That it was, was called Duluth. the Dublin, and See, spelled as two words. Duluth for like yeah, a, who does a that? Great, right, a great uh, whiskey experience. <laughs> you know, where where do you go for whiskey? Ah, Duluth, Duluth, for sure. right? Yeah. Um, it, <laughs> <laughs> we happen to be in an area, but uh, it was a place called the Dublin in Duluth, and um, and I think I mentioned we did a little uh, bar crawl that I came up with mm-hmm. uh, through mm-hmm. Duluth, and it was a great time. There's some fun little bars there. We started off at a place called Sir Ben's um, uh, Tavern, and um, there was a, a guy there, a single acoustic guitar uh, and vocals act there just... Playing. I mean, he was playing everything from his own stuff. It was very folksy mm-hmm. from his own stuff to uh, Bob Dylan, of course, mm-hmm. you know, being Duluth. You have being to have from Bob Duluth, Dylan. yeah. <laughs> you it's have to have like some going, Bob Dylan. It's kind of like going to Florida and not hearing Jimmy Buffett. You'd right. be like, you know, okay, <laughs> fine. But yeah. he also, he was playing some obscure uh, um, uh, Neil Young mm-hmm. and things like that. So that was a blast. I enjoyed that. And then we uh, we wandered around a few other places, and I had two favorites. And one of them was the one where I sent you a picture. The Wall of Scotch there was mighty. I mean, awe striking. I looked like I looked like I just got off the boat in New York. <laughs> yeah. When I was looking up at this wall, <laughs> I was like. And, oh man, you are so having a good time right now. <laughs> but it was called the Dublin, and it was a lot of fun. The bartender was fantastic. He was uh, very personable. We sat and chatted. There wasn't a lot of people in there. It was kind of late at night by the time we got there, so that was nice. Um, but but there was another bar that was just like home there too, and it was oh, called nice. Carmody's, and it's right there by the uh, by the lake. It's Lake Superior right there, which that's a big puddle of water, by the way. Uh, and uh, it's just this little kind of a blue collar. We walked in. Everybody talked to us. Uh, the person next to us got in a conversation about some local whiskeys that were made there, and we hadn't tried them. So on his way out the door, he threw a 20 on the bar and told the bartender, get them a shot of each. Let them try nice, them. I nice. mean, that's, that's yeah, the kind of place that yeah. was. I really enjoyed that yeah. spot. Well, that's you know, when, when you go in a place that has that kind of selection, or it's the same if you go into – um, you know, a, a bar that has tons of taps and tons of different choices. Well, you're only going to have a couple of different right. kinds of beer or whiskey anyway. There's something about the breadth of that selection yeah. that makes you excited about the possibility of what you're going to have. Even if the, what you order would have been on tap if there were only four or five taps. You know what right, I mean? Right. Like, it's still there's something about all the taps that makes it just seem more exciting. Well, I will say, back to the uh, Yamazaki uh, single malt. This is quite good. Like, it's it's a, um, it's a it's got a, a sort of a crispness to it that I that I think is is not necessarily what I expected. Uh, but it's it's um, that's a good thing, by the way, not a bad thing. Um, and and it's it's just I can I can taste all these flavors, but it's got this real crispness on the finish that that really lets you know you're sipping 
whiskey. Right. You know? Right. And, uh, and I like that. It's very good. So... Uh, so we'll take a picture of this. We'll post it. That was one of the things I was thinking, by the way, is in order to post all this stuff we're talking about posting on our website and Facebook, we're going to need to start snapping pictures of these uh, bottles. Does that mean I'm going to have to dress up for the radio? Well, we, we don't necessarily have to take pictures of you and me, but uh, <laughs> but of the bottles, definitely. The bottles are the stars. We're just, you know, this. I'm just the hand holding the glass in front of the bottle. That's uh, That's my role here. Um, mentioned this on the show uh, last week and didn't get a chance to talk about it, uh, but I wanted to mention for those of uh, uh, you know I want, to, I want to get to this app that you gave me called Where to Smoke. Um, uh, but the um, the one of the things we like to do on the show is talk about and support cigar friendly establishments, mm-hmm. whether it's cigar bars or cigar stores or just restaurants that have gone to the trouble to establish a smoking area where you're allowed to smoke cigars, even if it's outside, mm-hmm. because you know it depends on the regulations in the state. And in New York City, uh, which is a very fun place to go and smoke, by the way. I've smoked in a number of different locations. In I have City. not been to New York City since I was a child. Oh, well, we, we have to plan a trip. So we should do that. The girls would love it. They would be absolutely crazy about it. So the Knickerbocker Hotel... Had a Nat Sherman Cigars um, rooftop cigar bar, and it recently closed. And Club Macanudo, which is uh, a location from over by uh, Central Park, um, is they have opened a second location where the Nat Sherman uh, cigar bar was. So it's the Knickerbocker Hotel, the iconic Club Macanudo cigar bar and restaurant. It's on Manhattan's Upper East Side. It's atop the Knickerbocker Hotel, which has been completely refurbished. I mean, this alone is a reason to plan a trip to New York yeah, City. Yeah, I agree with but that. But if you have, if you are going to New York for any reason across the summer, and summer's a great time to go uh, to New York, although I'm always reminded of the famous David Letterman line where he said that in the summer that New York City makes its own gravy. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but it is a great time to go to New York in the summer because the New Yorkers all leave. They all go to like the Hamptons and and uh, and stuff like on the weekends. So you can go up to New York and you can get around great. You can get tickets for the shows you want to see, like all that kind of stuff. But uh, but I want to go. Let's let's plan a trip to go and uh, to check out this new Club Macanudo because they are kicking off the uh, new rooftop season. And um, I've been to the first location of Club Macanudo in New York and just had a blast. It's a Good wonderful, wonderful place. And of course. You don't have to smoke Macanudos. You can smoke, they have all kinds right, of things right. available. But uh, but I recommend highly going to the original location, and this new one sounds like it's even We'll nicer, have to see so. if we can do it on location there. I think so. Now, uh, one of the things I want to encourage people to do is to email us at sipsmokeandsaver.com about places you've been, either in your hometown or maybe someplace you went on you know, vacation or whatever. We want to highlight cigar-friendly businesses all even over Even if world. it's just a local bar that has a that's patio right. and that's right. Fine right. with it. You that's, know, I, that's I seek right. those places out personally, and we want to talk about that in this uh, in the cigar app coming up. Plus, I think we still have a beer to sample, don't we? We do. We do. The founders, and it should go great after that scotch <laughs> oh, too. I can't wait to sip, smoke, and savor. We're on Radio Brave. Be back for our final segment next.
It's summer 2016, and this is Sip, Smoke, and Savor, the uh, Good Life Show. It's about uh, craft beer, craft spirits, and fine cigars. We just had some uh, really pretty amazing single malt uh, whiskey, uh, the Yama, Yamazaki. I want to call it Yamakaze, uh, but that's just that's just you know my college days coming through. Uh, but uh, it's really quite good. A lot of subtlety to it. Um, really enjoyed that. Thank you for bringing that in, Ian. And then you have also brought us a, uh, a brew to taste here, haven't you? This one's pretty ready of, uh, readily available. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I get it at the grocery store local mm-hmm. here. It's Founders, which is Got to be one of my favorite breweries. Just, I love they their, make so many their good beers. All day IPA is yeah. uh, you know, and I realize I'm constantly talking about IPAs, but it's so drinkable and so like wonderfully flavored. It's really good. I think I, I'm such a fan of Founders because they don't make a whole lot. It's not because they don't make a whole lot of IPAs, but they definitely. Uh, make more malty beers than a lot of companies mm-hmm. do. A lot of companies make a lot more IPAs and, and hoppy beers than malty beers. And Founders, I mean, like if you name five of their beers, only one of them is an IPA that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, their Breakfast Stout, and I'll bring one of those in. If you haven't tried one of those, their Breakfast Stout might be, in my opinion, one of the best stouts on earth. Really? Wow. It's amazing. Wow. Um, their uh, Old Curmudgeon is an old ale, and that's mm-hmm. a that's a fantastic, very malty kind of thing. This is their Scotch Ale. I'm a okay. big fan of Scotch Ale in general. And what is this called? This is the Dirty Bastard ah. Scotch Ale. And Dirty Bastard Scotch Ale from Founders. From Founders Brewing, yes. And what do we know about this? Any uh, any background? I don't have any background on the brewery. I probably should have looked that up before you. I know I have background on this beer because I've had a lot of it. Um <laughs> It's it's uh, you talked earlier about how uh, uh, some beers have the uh, drinkability, and to mm-hmm. me, this one has that drinkability. And the problem with that is it's eight point five percent. Oh, baby! With that drinkability, yeah. and so I that always can hurt you. Yeah, I have to monitor myself with this. I one and one a night. Sometimes I'll start mm-hmm. off that way, and that's it. But uh, this is this is a very good example of a Scotch ale, if you ask me. It's, it's a very and- a Scotch ale is. I mean, is, do you know? Like, is there a definition? Like, what makes something a Scotch ale? Is it's it, it, the malt profile in a okay. Scotch ale. It's, it's way more malt than hops. I mean, you're always mm-hmm. going to have some hopping in a, in a beer, but this has such a, a big round malt profile in it. It's not a big dark beer, right? Uh it's, it's it's if you look at it in the light, it's it's definitely on the darker side, but it's got a real reddish kind of. Um, it's not like a stout. It's culture. more like a red. Right. Yeah. It's not black like a stout. Right. It's it's more like a, a dark red ale, and um, and they can mm. vary in color. They can be a little lighter in color. Some I've seen Scotch ales that are a little more towards the amber, um, but this is definitely kind of a dark red. It's got a nice uh, a nice thick head that uh, happens with it, and just the overall profile, just the maltiness. Right in the middle of this drink is a big, huge malt. Um, uh, flavor that that just takes over the sweetness, and then mm-hmm. at the end of it, there's a slight caramel bitterness to it that finishes that malt and leaves you without that sticky sweetness that you taste initially. And to me, that is just a very drinkable beer. Well, I was just about to say I, I've been sampling this, and um, it's it's extremely smooth for a very malty beer. You know, a, a lot of uh, and I like I love malt flavors, but a lot of very malty beers. You kind of after you have a sip of it, you kind of do that 
Like it's, right. like it's chewy almost. Yeah, yeah. This has none of that chewiness. No, this has a balance from front to back that you don't find in a lot of very malty beers. Mm-hmm. And 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 again, it's it's one of the best I know of in this particular style. Wow, this is what I think maybe a lot of these very malty type of beers are aspiring to is this taste, but they come. They come in maybe with a little less balance. This is very right. balanced, right? Sometimes, and and I like malty beers. Like I'm, I'm a big fan of barley wines, which are let's oh, yeah, like which malt right malty, up. That's like hitting yeah. you with a malt stick mm-hmm. in the head. Uh, <laughs> but this has just enough uh, uh, hop finish on it to where it really leaves you with a dryness and a nice, uh, just a nice, uh, uh, crisp finish on it. Is know? this and this is in six packs or four packs? You get it uh, in six packs actually. In six packs, yeah. So that's that's really great. Well, this is really an outstanding Scotch ale. I've had uh, a number of other Scotch ales. This is far and away my favorite that I've had. Yeah, and this is great with any kind of uh, heavy foods like steaks or uh-huh. um, or even if chocolate, chocolate or peanut butter goes great with this Ooh, beer. Yeah. And right I, boy, you just said steak. That just sounds so perfect with this. You know. Yeah, be, we actually had peanut uh, butter cookies last night, and I was drinking one of these, and they <laughs> they really go well together. <laughs> it's funny. Some beers go so well with certain foods, mm-hmm. and then I've run into others that really just don't mix at all. Not so with much, the no. particular uh, food that you might, yeah, you know, that you might have. But yeah, I can totally, I can totally see where this would uh, go with big meats. Or this is kind of like if you're familiar with wine pairings, you would pair the same stuff that you would pair a really big red with. Right, with right. So your a, your big flavor cheeses uh-huh. and uh, mm-hmm. and like blue cheese and things like that mm-hmm. uh, would probably go well with this profile. You know, beef, pork, uh, anything that's got mm-hmm. just that. Sort of hardiness to yep, it, yep. and uh, and it is the type of thing where you're like, okay, uh, I'm going to have just about a half of one of these, and I am going to want to light that Cohiba Nicaraguan Robusto that I talked about earlier. Find a patio after this, yeah, no kidding. I'm I'm Jones in here, pretty big time. Uh, the show is called Sip, Smoke, and Savor. Uh, we like to talk about just the things we're passionate about: uh, craft beer, craft spirits, and fine cigars. And speaking of cigars, it has finally happened. Uh, eight. U.S. airlines have received approval to begin daily flights to Havana. That's according to a transportation uh, an announcement from the Department of Transportation. This opens up Cuba's capital city to selected commercial flights from the United States for the first time in, wow, how, how many years has it been since the embargo? I mean, it's it's been... Easily, what was during John F. Kennedy's administration, yeah. right? So, wow, um, yeah, it's been a long time. I mean, I was just a kid, and um, and I'm pretty old. So uh, that was before <laughs> me. I'm just just letting you know how old you are. <laughs> Thank at that you point for reminding me of that. Um, <laughs> um, so they've received the green light from the U.S. government to begin these flights. There's a two week waiting period until this approval is completely finalized. After which. The airlines can begin selling flights, and this is actually dated, uh, I believe, on the eighth of, uh, of of July. So already we're part way into that two week uh, waiting period, and this is uh, pretty exciting. Havana flights will originate from Fort La- Fort Lauderdale, Tampa, uh, Atlanta, and Houston. Yay. Spirit Airlines and Southwest Airlines also run. Uh, routes and applications are in place for Silver Airways, Dynamic International Airways, Eastern Airlines, and Sun Country Airlines. Those have not been approved. So uh, it opens up on February 16th of next year. Wow. So that's when the flights can begin. Now, obviously, 
you can you've been able to fly to Cuba before, but not directly from the United States. So you'd have to go to Canada or right. bounce uh, someplace else, Mexico, someplace, and and then bounce to Cuba. Have you ever been? I've never been. I would love to go. I would love to see it. In in many ways, I'd love to see it before it modernizes again. Right, right. Because I think, uh, and and I I'm all about it modernizing. I think you know for the people of Cuba, it's a very good thing for them to sort of like join the 21st century. Right. Uh, but that said, I would love to see it in the form that it's been you know before it kind of catches up yeah so that that would be a lot of fun you know the old cars and uh just the charm of historic cuba i think would be a fascinating thing to see so uh not to mention how much fun it would be to go there and smoke i mean yeah uh wow just wow the cigars and i believe they make rum there right i believe they do and cuban sandwiches oh cuban, what, mo- what more do you want like that's <laughs> that's like that's like pretty well got you taken care of right there um but no i've never been to cuba and i i've actually never been to um the dominican or honduras or uh, nicaragua either but always assumed i would eventually go to all those places never really knew if i would make it to cuba now that's going to be a thing that's the, that's doable so i don't know uh I don't know what uh, I don't know. Where, I don't know where to go first. I have no idea either. Yeah. So all right. So this is we got to make some vacation plans. Right. We might have to get a hold of uh, a cigar uh, factory. Uh, well, I'm sure there will be some tours and some organized cigar trips. Yes. You know, because they do that already for the Dominican and for right. um, uh, Honduras and, and Nicaragua. So I'm sure there. I'm sure there'll be those kind of things. Like, wouldn't that be great? Get to tour some that factories. That would be a good time. That would be a. Very good time. Um, speaking of uh, speaking of organized trips, we are uh, going to be hoping to uh, you know do some travel across the next year or two. And now with this app that you have hipped me to, uh, we're going to be able to find cigar friendly establishments anywhere we go. I was buzzing around on my iPad, and uh, I came across this app called Where to Smoke, mm-hmm. and it, it's a free app. It's a free app. You download it. And it's going to ask you if you can, uh, if they can use your location. You tell right, it yes, yep. and it gives you all the places registered where it's uh, cigar smoke friendly, where you can get cigars, you can sit down, and smoke cigars, and enjoy them. And it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I couldn't help myself the minute I got that app and realized that okay, so it it goes on and it works with your maps and has all these spots around you where you can just mm-hmm. go have a cigar. Well, you can do this from any point wherever you are. Right, wherever you are. So yeah. I immediately started looking. I've got family all over the United States, so I immediately started going, <laughs> okay, well, my brother lives in Tucson. I'm going to look yeah, that right, up. My, right. my other brother lives in Minnesota. I'm going to look that up well, just to see because it's fun. Well, And what I love about it, too, is it's uh, when I uh, did my downtown location, uh, it immediately showed me uh, the cigar store, which is uh, a few blocks away from me. Which I thought was awesome, uh, but then it showed me. Then started like the second thing on the list was a, a bar that I wasn't even familiar with. Which, in looking, it was just a place that has an outdoor deck where you can smoke. And nice. I thought I am going to love this app. Yes. So, yeah. where to smoke is what it's called. Where to smoke? Where to smoke? And it's downloadable for free, either from Google Play or from the App Store on uh, uh, iTunes, if you are so inclined. We recommend it highly. So, well, Ian, another awesome uh, episode. Thank you for uh, hanging. Thank you. This another great week. Fun. Uh, coming up on future shows, maybe even next week, Houston's first rum distillery. We'll get to that. That's this pretty is, exciting. Yep. This is Sip, Smoke, and Savor on Radio Bread. Cuban army surplus or refusing of the lights.
This is Radio 